Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account. We got a new pick of the week for you. I'm helping out my boy Yaya over here on the Rapids beat. You can go over. You can take Diego Rubio to be the leading scorer in the MLS at plus 3,500. Now, I don't know if he actually gets there. I know he's got 12 goals. I know he's got – oh, can you guys not hear me? Is this – can you hear you? You just sound very far away. Oh, was it yeah. on the wrong mic probably? But you were on a roll, so I didn't want to cut you off to tell you that. Yeah, same. Well, you know, it's the way things happen. Oh, yeah, look at that. All right, you ready for this change? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, hang on. I might not, uh, not be able to find it. I might have to plug in this mic again. Anyway, well, I off to a great start. Poorly shot. Go, uh, go find yourself a bet on DraftKings, even if it's Diego Rubio. He might be setting a uh, a new record for Rapids goals at very least, right? Yeah, yeah. He only needs five more to do that. Correct. All right. So, at least got that going. Um, and, you know, there's a million other bets on DraftKings too. Uh, all right, let's see. Let's see if this fixes it. Go over here. Go. Oh, I bet it won't. All right, we might have to. We might have to come off the screen for a second here, fam. But what we're talking about today is NHL drafts and grading them. Jesse, I know you. Uh, you came up with this topic. If you want to tell the people about it. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I love to take credit for things, but I actually can't take credit for this one. Uh, this came to me uh, in a DM. At Tom, jeez, holy smokes! At Tom Mercury Eleven, uh, got my DMs a couple days ago. They're saying, "Hey, I don't, I don't know the best place to give show suggestions, but," uh, and they sent it to me, and I thought it was a great idea. Pitched to all you guys here for a nice little uh, free skate Friday, and so basically, yeah, what they were asking us to do is, hey, every year on our draft coverage during the drafts, everyone says, well. We can project, but you won't really know what this draft looks like, what these players look like for three to five years. So they said, can you go back and look at some drafts three, five plus years ago and just kind of see how those drafts have aged, how those picks have graded out. Uh, so, yeah, we're uh, we're going to do some draft grading. We're going to go back and go back in time and see what happened. Yeah, we uh, we're doing everything we can to. Uh, avoid having to draft 
tailgate preferences and all this other stuff that the other beats are having to get into in their off seasons. We're at least drafting hockey things. Yeah, I mean, we're doing, we're doing, we're, we're so far we're staying on hockey. <laughs> the question is how long we stay there, but we at least start in that in that headspace. I mean, we've got less than a month to go, right, before preseason stuff starts happening in camp. So we could make it, maybe. We'll see. Did you guys talk Kadri yesterday? A little bit. I figured you would have something Ooh. to say, though. I don't know. Someone people were talking about on Twitter. I'm not really sure. You was trending the other day. Uh, I don't even have Twitter. <laughs> uh, no, I, I actually I, I really don't have uh, a, a ton to say uh, on, on Naz. I mean, like, look, we kind of – we kind of beat this into the ground. Now we have the official numbers. It was kind of what we had talked about. It was a team that came out kind of at the last second that you knew had been sniffing around. Um, look, everyone, everyone talked about it yesterday, all day on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Naz. Like that's money that he earned. Uh, he said it at the all-star game when we asked him about free agency. He said, look, this is something I've waited for my entire career to get this opportunity to go out and, you know, make the money that I've earned. Uh, I wouldn't have given him seven years, um, seven mil. Sure. I, you know, I, I don't know. He had, he had a great season, Stanley cup champ. Uh, I don't think many people were that surprised by the dollar figure, but I just, uh, I, I wouldn't have done it, uh, that way, but good for him. Uh, and I, I hope he, uh, I, I hope he does really well there. And, and AJ, I saw your tweet yesterday and I couldn't agree with you more. For their summer starting with losing their two best players, not bad, not a bad, not a bad finish for the Flames. Pretty good pivot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, that's yeah, that's about that's about it. Yeah, I, good uh, for him. People were asking me about it the other day, and I, if you put together all of our offseason cadre coverage, we probably have like eight hours of us talking <laughs> about cadre <laughs> this offseason. So yeah. you could go back through and find our thoughts on it. it. The situation really hasn't changed month much over the past three weeks, other than it just ended up being Calgary instead of New York, which we talked about yesterday. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it was, uh, it was good deal for him. Uh, again, AJ, I'm going to steal one of the things that you put out in a tweet yesterday, four or five years from now. <laughs> We'll see how Calgary's feeling about that, but uh, I think Calgary's feeling good. I think he's feeling good. Uh, you know, and, and I think maybe Calgary fans maybe feel a little bit better that after feeling spurned by Nazem Kadri a few years ago, uh, he picks them in free agency. Uh, yeah, fun little turnaround for them. So I, I think everyone who's involved is happy uh, for now, which is all, all, all teams are looking for. Happy for now. That's always the <laughs> the secret. For now, it doesn't last long a lot of the time. Yeah, uh, okay. So we wanted to get into the draft classes that we can grade. We're going to start with 2015 because as far as modern draft classes, that's where you have to start. It's the Connor McDavid draft. It's the biggest top end of the draft in this era. Now, you know, depending on how you feel about this coming one with Bedard and Mitchkov and Fantilli, uh, you could say that one might rival it, but for now, 2015 is the big one, right? Well, what 2015 it, it where 2015 separates is that it's not just 
the guys at the tip top. Yeah. But if you were to redraft that 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 entire draft, you might get thirty first round picks. Yeah. That like should be first round picks. Yeah. Like there it is such a deep deep draft class. Uh it's it's incredible how good it is. How many good players come from it? I mean, and the thing is, like, you're still seeing guys rise from it. You know, Troy Terry just broke out last year. Mangiapane, uh, Anthony Sorelli, Kirill Kaprizov, Rupe Hints are all like uh, are all guys who were who were taken later in that draft that are really like really in the midst of breakouts here. So that's that's. I've been saying it for a long time, but that's going to go down as probably the best draft class ever. I think it. I think by the end of it, it overtakes the 2003. Well, and and not to just repeat what you just said, but it's not only are they like first round talent, but just the amount of like elite high end talent that has come out of that one draft. Where not not only are you just talking about first rounders, but like the the in my opinion, the amount of like guys that you could talk about being top five picks in that draft. Like you have more than five top five picks that have come out of that draft since, if that makes sense, the way I'm saying that. And it's just not only are there that many good players into AJ's point, you probably have 30, maybe even 30 plus first round caliber guys within those guys. You probably have 10 to 15, what you would consider to be like top tier elite NHL players. And it's just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you look at a potential redraft of that year, obviously McDavid is still going one. There's no doubt about that, but Marner at four could end up at two. Miko at 10 could easily end up in the top five. Sebastian Ajo from the second round could be a top five pick. And then you you go down the list and you're like, Oh, okay. Kyle Connor, Matt Barzell, Travis Konechny, like, there oh, so by many... the way, Jack Eichel is in yeah, this draft class. Also, Jack Eichel, he did go too, but Kyle Connor, I believe, on the defensive side, you have Thomas Shabbat, like Zach yeah, Wierenski. you have <laughs> yeah, Thomas Shabbat, Zach Wierenski, Noah Hannafin, Ivan Provorov, uh, and then you also have guys like Rasmus Anderson and Eric Chernak who are playing big minutes. Vladislav Gavrikov came from this draft class too who for my money is one of the more underrated defensemen in the NHL. Like you have, you have guys who pull, who are all throughout this draft class who are playing top six, top four, like, one. like absolute studs uh, that are at the top of their teams. You know, all the guys that, that, that he named and then you throw in a Kaprizov, you throw in guys like Jack Roslovic and Connor Garland uh, who who are playing big roles on maybe lesser teams, but still like they're getting those minutes. And, you know, a guy like Rupe Hintz just had a big time uh, breakout year. He had a 72 point season. He scored 37 goals last year. And Rupe Hintz might be like the 25th best player to come from that mm-hmm. draft. Well, and, and, you know, even a guy like Dylan Strom, who, you know, he's, he's at three and he's probably the one that you would say would, would fall quite a bit, but like even him, Dude scored 20 goals last year. And just to your point, AJ, there's so many of these guys that have already been elite, but just in the last year to two years, you've seen a bunch more of these guys, maybe not take that same step, but like 
Dylan Strong was a, he was a good player last year on a really bad Chicago team. I'm anxious to watch him this year in Washington. Again, scored 20 goals. <laughs> the more you go through this, it's just it's amazing to think that this is all one draft, and somehow the Bruins found a yeah. way to fumble the bag on two picks. I mean, three really. It's a it's a well known story yeah. that they did not want to make those picks. Right, they were trying to move up, but. <laughs> They yeah. don't have to throw them away, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even want these. Just pick whoever. It it really is the one, you know, you have a couple guys at the end of the first round that haven't quite really fully broken into the NHL, but those Boston picks are really the only rough ones that I'm I'm looking at in the first round with Sinitian and, and Zaboro. It's, yeah. uh, it's a yikes, to say the least. Megan, what were you going to say? Well, I was just looking in the second round at Brandon Carlo. He's he's kind of third pair defenseman. Also went to high school with him. Not a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, his brother is my same birth year. So like growing up, I'd always I never played with his brother, but I always played like against him. There was a couple tournaments where his brother Brandon Carlo would come play, and I was like, oh, who's a little brother out here? He's the best one in the fucking rink by a mile. <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, like, again, that's, that's another, um, there's just so many quality players. Like, even if you don't think Brandon Carlo is, you know, top four or top whatever, like that's a legitimate NHLer that has come out of this draft that it's just, you know, we're, we're, we're grading these drafts. And I mean, seriously, I'm with AJ. Like, I, I think this. It's S tier. It breaks the scale. It, yeah. it has, it, it should go down as the best draft class ever to this point. Yeah. And we haven't even talked about goaltenders, but you have like guys breaking into the league now, guys, you know, uh, Samuel Montembal, Aiden Hill, uh, Dan Vladar is back up in, in Calgary. But uh, starters, uh, Samsonov, Blackwood, uh, Vigimelka down in uh down Arizona. in Arizona. Like you're you're talking about like there's even goaltender depth. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, maybe you don't have the high end goalie because Blackwood can't seem to figure it out and Samsonov you know, we'll we'll see what becomes of him in Toronto uh and, and beyond. But like they even those guys, you're talking about the there's some depth there that the draft class has produced a number of guys who are they're just starting to get to the league because goaltender development curves being a little bit longer. But even somewhere, that position, it's crazy. Eddie is screaming at us to mention Ivan Fedotov. So, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> he's got a whole other bag of problems that he has to get through. Yeah, um, was and- drafted in this class. That's it. And, you know, again, maybe not to that same tier, but, like, even in the third round, 72 overall, you have Anthony Sorelli, who has been a really good player for the Lightning the last couple of years. Again, not necessarily in that same level, but just every round you're going through this list and there's one or two at least quality, you know, middle six to top six guys, seems like in every round. And then to AJ's point, you start adding in the goalie depth and – it's. Um, I just don't know how you do better than this. Kind of a weird place to start, right? Because 
You're yeah, going this is to, an A plus 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 yeah. plus. And you're gonna horribly skew perceptions through the rest yeah. of these drafts by starting somewhere like this because this is too good. Drafts aren't supposed to be this good. Well, and it was when the Avs got the tenth pick that year, and I wrote because every year for a long time I was I would write the history of whatever pick mm-hmm. that they had, and I wrote the history of the tenth pick, and it's not good. It is not a good history. For whatever reason, the tenth pick in the NHL draft has not produced very many players. And in back-to-back years, the Avs got the tenth pick. And in back-to-back years, you saw what made the 2015 draft so freakish is that there are superstars all over the place. You'd leave the, the second Avs, best tenth overall ever. <laughs> yeah, the Avs crush it with Miko Rantanen, and then the next year, which we'll get to uh, here in a minute, but. The next year, a significant drop off in just the quality of that class. Yeah, I, I just want to say one one last thing about this fifteen class. Um, again, just continue to go through the the rounds. In the fifth round, you have Connor Garland, Ethan Bear, uh, Kirill Kaprizov, and Troy Terry. Like for fifth round picks, the fact that you can name four guys, just what? six years later, seven years later is that, that are, that are legitimate high impact guys in the NHL, um, you know, all stars, all that stuff. Like, um, yeah, like you said, maybe this is a bad place to start. Cause I just don't know how you build on that. I mean, the sixth round gave you top four defensemen in John Marino and Vladislav Gavrikov and 30 goal scorer, Andrew Mangiapane. Right. Who right. was a second time entrant that year, by the way. Really? We mentioned yeah. Kyle Connor like right at the very beginning when we were talking about this. I I think the impressive part is how deep it is too. You mentioned the the big names, but you have a Rudolph Spalsers. You have an Adam Gaudet from that fifth round too. Like mm-hmm. 30-33% of the picks in the fifth round became everyday NHLers. Well, and like that's the thing that we talk about, right? That you can kind of you can lose sight of this as a fan when you're when you're watching closely and stuff. But once you get to a certain point of the draft, and it's usually a lot earlier than people think, you're just hoping to get an NHLer, and then we'll go from there. Hopefully, they can turn into a you know a goal scorer or whatever, whatever role you're looking to fill. But like, I mean, if you're being you're, honest, that part of the draft starts at the second round. Well, I was say. It starts about pick forty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say that it's, and I want to say, you know, it's earlier than most people think or realize, you know, everyone, Oh, he's a second round pick. Oh, there are this. Oh, there. That's like, yeah. You just want to get them to the league and have them stick somewhere. And, you know, Tyson Jost at 10, it feels bad because it's at 10. And again, we're going to get to that draft. But like, if you draft Tyson Jost in the third round and you get what you got out of him, like you are so stoked that you got that out of a later round pick. And yeah. Um, so yeah, so to your point, Rudo, the fact that that fifth round, you can look at just a quick glance, roughly a third one without digging in anything. And like, yeah, these are names that I know because they are NHL regulars in the fifth round just tells you how deep, like we talk about deep draft classes. This is again, may end up being the deepest ever. Yep. All right. That whole segment was brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. You can go out and get dozens of flavors at your local liquor stores. They're all over the country. 
Uh, you can also go to breckbrew.com to find a local liquor store near you that has whichever flavor you're looking for and check out a lot of the Breck Brew merch. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So let's get into, certainly for the Avs, the direct contrast of the 2016 NHL draft. Now, that's not to say it's a bad class. Obviously, Optin Matthews, certainly an elite talent at the top of that list. But even by picks two, <laughs> the way Line A's career has taken the trajectory that it has, yes, he's still a very good NHL player, no doubt, but he's not truly elite, it feels like, anymore. Obviously, continue. Pool party, you'll levy. This draft has some significant blemishes compared to 2015. Yeah, and we're... I mean, where we're starting to see a little bit of success is some of the later guys that are that are up and comers. I mean, yep, we talked about Jesper Brat and and the way that he's kind of broken out to Brincat in the second round. Uh, this was the the draft class that gave us Adam Fox and Sam Gerrard uh, in rounds uh, three and two, respectively. Uh, Tage Thompson just had the big breakout in Buffalo, so like it's been a slow burn for this class. Um, but really, if you're looking for elite players, it's Matthews, it's Kachuk, it's McAvoy. And then after that, there's a drop off. I, I guess it's Fox too. I would also include Fox. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, there would be a drop off into another tier where you have line aid to Brincat, Keller, Dubois, uh, Brat, Sergachev, Gerard. I guess if you wanted to put chicken in there, uh, Jordan Cairo, those kinds of guys, like that's, that's where you're headed. Uh, with that draft class, uh, it's it's got a couple of, of, of like next level stars, uh, but it's really it it dries up really quickly. Mm -hmm. And so far, there's only been one goaltender of real note, uh, and that was Carter Hart. We'll see how that continues to go. That's also the draft class that gave us Connor Ingram. So that guy could be we saw in the postseason. There might be more there. Uh, Philip Gustafson is also going to get it. Is also going to get a look uh, at some point, but nowhere near, nowhere near the level of depth, even at the goaltender position. Uh, and that's kind of the story of 2016. It's absolute high end is right there, but it's not uh, the the depth drops off. Really, this is like 15 players deep. Where you're talking about after that, you're even you're you're even like uh, you know, you you do get into like a Tyson Jost like these are depth guys, mm -hmm. these are not like big time players um, for you. It's I, I would say one of the weaker draft classes uh, of the last ten years. It's hard to go from 2016 into this class, but knowing what we know, looking ahead at 2017, this is still actually a pretty well-rounded draft class, especially defensively. Like if you're not looking for top pair defensemen, it has produced some still pretty good defensemen like Fabro and McVoy um, included in there too. The forwards in this draft outside of Matthews definitely fall off quite a bit more, especially when we're looking alongside 2016 but I'm bracing everyone for what we're going to see in later drafts too, until we get to 2019. Yeah. And then this is a class for Colorado that didn't do anything. <laughs> like, no, yeah. 
The Avs got nothing out of this uh, other than Tyson Jost. Um, 40 games of Nico Sturm, ultimately. Yeah, and uh, Cam Morrison um, hasn't has not latched on and caught on anywhere. Josh Anderson, the injuries led to his ELC getting terminated. Yeah, uh, Adam Warner, you could argue, was their best pick there because he appeared. He he's made a couple NHL appearances. He's still bouncing around in the AHL. The state of goalie at that level, at least. Yeah. Yeah, and then Nate Corbin is at least an eagle. Uh, and Travis Barron's time has already come and gone. So that class, that class is like in and out the door for the Avs, uh, with Tyson Jost really being the only, uh, the only, the only guy that we that that's going to stick in the NHL. It's going to have any kind of NHL, like real NHL career. So not not a good one for the Avs. Um, and anyone. Uh, who's not doing a summer podcast five days a week isn't going to remember any of the names from that class except for Tyson Jost. Yeah. Yeah. It's again, talking about 2015, we just talked about how, how many players stuck in the NHL to some extent and especially for the abs, but just as the league as a whole, you just, you go through this list and you start running out of familiar names pretty, pretty quick um, in terms of guys that actually landed in the NHL. Again, you've got some of the high end, but um, th- this is a weird one. And it's just, I mean, you look at the late rounds, right? Like there are two impact NHLers in the late rounds of this draft, Brandon Hagel and Jesper Bratt. And obviously Bratt, incredible steal at where they yeah. got him. But the rest of the fifth, sixth and second round is, a couple of dudes that are trying to stick, but mostly just a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and really, really, you not you haven't gotten. <laughs> and and the thing the thing with Brandon Hagel too is that right now that guy is very much a flash in the pan. Yeah. Where well, he had he had the one good and and look he, he was drafted in the sixth round so it doesn't really matter if he ends up being a if you get the next Blake Coleman or whatever guy like, in the sixth round yeah you killed it yeah you've done you've you've done a good job but you really do like you look at the other you look rounds five six seven and you're just like oh my god there's nothing here yeah yeah well and like it is it is so funny just the difference because like. It's not like teams started developing these prospects different from one year to the next, right? Like it is just so funny how you can have such a stark contrast. And we talk about this a lot, you know, at at the pro level of any sport, it's not just about like the work that you put in. Like you do have to have like just a natural baseline of ability to then stack the work on top of to get to that level. And it is just so funny when you go back and you put, again, a draft class like this, unintentionally, you know, right up next to the 2015 to compare them. And and it is just, they're just the quality of player just wasn't there. We haven't mentioned Mikhail Sergachev, who is one pick ahead of Tyson Joes to turn into a good NHL or top four guy for Tampa. Um, But it is just so funny. And like AJ, I remember when we would do the draft shows and there'd be times we'd be like, yeah, this is a, this is a bad year to be bad. And there's other years where it's good years to be bad. I mean, it was an okay year to be the worst. 
Yeah, yeah. But you needed to be the worst. Yeah, yeah. Because even I mean that top ten, you're looking at the top ten, and you're saying, okay, impact player, top four defenseman, top six forward. You've got Matthews, Line A, Dubois, Kachuk, Keller, Sergachev, and Keller is like, I almost feel like I'm being a little generous there, because where would Keller be on a really good team? Right. And uh, like Dubois is like up and down at best. Yeah, like Dubois. Dubois is like fine. Uh, you know, he's got a couple sixty-point seasons under his belt, so like he's he's a fine, like middle, like a like a second-line guy. Um, but that's that's really like your your like Kachuk is is a stud. Matthews is a stud. Line A is still just too one-dimensional. Sergachev is a second pairing guy in Tampa Bay. So you're talking about like actual like leading guys here, like tip top guys. It just wasn't the year for it. Well, what's this we got to put an actual grade on it, I guess. I'm going to give it a C. Feels a, feels a touch harsh to me. I think it could be like a C plus oh. B minus. Oh, I was going to go C minus. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I don't, I don't feel like not. it's harsh at all. It's got no. one one truly high end player in Austin Matthews, and I, I guess like Charlie McAvoy is an elite defenseman, but when's where's the offense? You know, like is he is he, he just going to be the, out this year? Is he going to be the slaving class of defensemen? That comment that was on the screen—that's a good memory. Yes, the Abs did yeah. have the best odds to win the lottery with that last ball pull, but alas. Uh, my thing is, like, the second and third rounds do save this draft class a little bit. How much worse would this draft class have been had Austin Matthews been born five days earlier? Yeah. <laughs> and he'd been in the 2015 class? Patrick Line goes one. Sort of added to the craziness. Well, and then and then Columbus, like, at the time, taking PLD was, like, that was pretty not off the board, but everyone everyone thought the top three were set. It was Matthews, Line Pulley, Yarvey. Yeah. And I remember being so annoyed because I was like, why wouldn't the oil? It was good to see the Oilers get a nice stroke of luck there in the draft, huh? And I mean, it's ended up kind of being a wash. When, but when a Finn didn't want to draft a Finn, yeah. some alarm bells going off yeah. in your head. <laughs> That's, That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, uh, Rudo, I cut you off there as you were making a point, but you are right. The second round in this in this draft class actually ended up being pretty solid yeah that's what that's what keeps it at like a c plus for me is they really did get a number of nhlers out of it it, not including the late rounds but you know like expectations are lower in the late yeah yeah but but i almost feel like that almost lowers the grade for me more because like we're like we're grading like how these drafts played out the fact that i feel like some of the best talent fell to the second round to me is almost like yeah. Uh, we're we're grading the class, not the scouts, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm just going to grade everybody. Everybody gets a grade. Jesse giving out Fs all over the place on this stream. Uh, we can move on to 2017. And 2017 really shows you how one pick can completely change the trajectory of a franchise. Obviously, Shout out Kale Ron Weasley, by the way. Shout out Ron in the chat. <laughs> Uh, Kale McCarr with the abs, odd, that one very obvious. But you also look at Philadelphia ending up with Nolan Patrick at two and the 
absolute tailspin that that franchise has been in ever since. So this this is a top ten where this top ten is actually worse than 2016s. Before before but, you get into this too far, I just want to say this is one of my all time favorite drafts, just because this was the first year that we did the BSN draft show, and I mean we spent months digging into all these guys and uh, you know mock draft and where do we think these guys are going to go. So this one I remember being like one of the most fun I've ever had taking part in a draft and watching how it played out. Wait, Sorry, wait. So. I know we've talked. I don't know if we talked about this on air before, Megan, but you've talked about your your sleepover. Maybe you we bring it back, but instead of the NHL awards, it's the NHL draft sleepover. Oh, okay. That All would right. be so much fun. The boy auction. <laughs> the boy auction. <laughs> <laughs> That is not my original yeah. phrase. I saw it on the internet, and it's really stuck with me every time. <laughs> Graduating from uh, stabbing goalie haters to slavery. Good. After some light worse. grasshopper genocide. This is getting worse for me. <laughs> it's just even new identity. Uh, anyway. Definitely down. I'm definitely down for a lock-in at the DNVR bar for the next draft class. It. At least we'll have to wait until a draft class where the abs are actually going to do things that are relevant. But <laughs> I wanted them to trade those last two picks. I wanted them to go no picks from a, from one draft so bad. Yeah. I wanted I wanted the hockey DB page to just be a straight 404. But now we have Romain and Kale, and I think that's more important. <laughs> I look. I hope he makes the NHL just for the meme, but if he doesn't, they need to have like a celebrity vegetable team that gets made. A celebrity vegetable yeah. team. You can take all the. There's like three kales in the NHL right now. You can take all of them. You can take Romaine. I we'll have to find some other ones. I don't know. Well, we should of... we should produce a, a an av centric episode of Veggie Tales using just abs, <laughs> guys. <laughs> so on our on our con uh, Makar shirt, it took me an embarrassing amount of time to realize that those were kale leaves instead of the traditional maple leaf on the con Smythe for the shirt. When I first saw it, I was like, "The D line like not look at what the trophy looks like." Was like what the fuck? And then the second time I looked, I was like, "Oh, those are leaves of kale." How cute and so clever. Uh, but yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, that kind of looks like shit. But I'm not going to say anything to him. And now that I know what it looks like, it looks fucking dope. It's fucking great. It's great shit. I think it's on sale right now. I think it is it on is. sale right now. Yep. You can get up to 90% off on select items at the DNVR locker. On the AMS side of things, you can get the Carry Me Home shirt for just 20 bucks. Uh, a handful of other ones on sale. I believe the Landy 8-bit. Uh, the con Macar, and there's one other one. Uh, I th- it might just be the normal championship shirt, I think, that is okay. on sale. But go take a look at the dnvrlocker.com. We got all sorts of other shirts too, if you're into Broncos, Nuggets, all that good stuff. Uh, I don't know. I get Nuggets are gonna gonna have a hard time promoting this from Serbia. Eh? They're probably asleep right now. <laughs> so go show yeah. their stuff some love. Uh, anyway, 2017 draft. 
as much as the abs only care about Kale McCarr, there's a lot more to this draft than just that. Uh, obviously, the top end, Nico Hischier is a good player, but isn't going close to one in a redraft with McCarr and Pedersen right there. And then you go down the list of, of guys that it's just a weird draft. It's a little bit all over the place. Well, I mean, you really like the first five picks, you get three and a half franchise players. Um, Still counting. I'm still counting Pedersen, McCarr, uh, Haskinen. Those are my, those are my three franchise. I think Keisha's like that half a franchise player where he's, he's very good, uh, but it's a good thing they got Jack Hughes. Uh, Nolan Patrick, I'm always going to feel bad for because yeah, for sure. so many of his problems have nothing to do with Nolan Patrick, yeah. like have nothing to do with his, his play uh, and, and on ice stuff. And then after that, immediately after that, Cody Glass is a bust. Leah yeah. Anderson is a bust. Casey Middlestat, uh, I, I'm pretty comfortable saying at this point, he's probably a bust. The, the Middlestat was so predictable. <laughs> They just kept trying and trying and trying, and it has not gone that way. Michael Rasmussen is a bust. Uh, eh, I, look, I don't think – I wouldn't say Middlestat and Rasmussen are busts. They're at least NHLers, right? They just are really bad picks in the top ten. Is Rasmussen still going to be in the NHL when uh, – I'll, I'll say this. Are, will both Middlestat and Rasmussen still be in the NHL when those teams are actually decent again? Yeah, they just won't be on those teams anymore. Okay, so then they're the Tyson Jost level of disappointment. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I because I think I I think the answer is no. Um, I think that as soon as those teams find any kind of warm body to be any level of decent, they're gone and they don't come back. Well, that's so asking a lot I, I, of I was going to say because and and like AJ and I, <laughs> we got into a very heated argument about this type of thing earlier this year, and I'm not going to not going to get back into that, it's, but. To me, I think you can be a bust relative to where you were picked. Yeah, totally. Not necessarily that you're a not an NHL or bat, but like, yeah, when you look at this, it's like yeah, Casey Middlestad at eight, like that's a bust. Like that's a that's a bust of a pick. Sure, he'll stick around the NHL for a few I, years. I just have a really hard time calling anyone who plays two hundred NHL games a bust. Yeah, half of them came before they'd figured out he was a bust. That's Part you of could the be bad, but like you were an NHLer. But again, like you can be an NHLer and still be a bust at, like, I think Tyson Jost kind of walks that line a little bit. You took him tenth overall. They were projecting a certain way, and they just they never end up getting there. It's kind of a bust based on what you were expecting out of it. Doesn't mean they're bad. Doesn't mean they're bad people. Doesn't mean they won't stick in the league. <laughs> No, it does mean they're bad people. <laughs> they're actually the worst. No, it's uh, it like regardless, like Middlestat Rasmussen, Owen Tippett at ten, like maybe Owen Tippett gets second life in Philadelphia where he can actually play. Uh, but then after that, like you, you get into some interesting guys um i think velarde is probably gonna be closer to a bust when it's all said and done just can't but be healthy man you you also wonder like if he didn't have major back surgery as an 18 year old yeah what happens with his career so there's like a caveat there and then after that you go Neches suzuki those are great picks 
strong, yep. too. Like, Cute. crushed it. And then Calfoot, Eric Branstrom, Yusuf Valamaki, Timothy Liljegren, Erho Vakanainen. Five defensemen in a row. The only one that has shown himself to be a legit NHLer so far is Liljegren. No faith all, in Branstrom, huh? All the others, uh, I really do. They just keep, they keep trying, and it's just not... You just don't know with, uh, I think, I mean, I mean, he should get opportunity. He's in a place where they should be giving that to him, but uh, it, I just, I don't know the answer. I don't think, I don't, I, I mean, even with Lilia Grin, like, I just don't think any of those guys end up very good. But then again, and then after that, you have like little pockets here. Robert, uh, Josh Norris, Robert Thomas, and Filipito and Kyler Yamamoto are all pretty good NHL players. Yeah. Yep. Or better, like pretty good or better. And then uh, POJ, Veselainen, Paling, not much of anything. Ottinger, we'll still see. Off to a pretty good start, you feel good. Yeah. Morgan Frost has had a lot of injuries as well that have that have kind of been like, well, the, this was a guy that, I mean, at the end of his OHL career, Morgan Frost looked like the steal of this draft. He was such a dominant OHL player at the end. Um. But, you know, the injuries, pro development, we don't really know. Shane Bowers is the only guy from this first round to never play an NHL game so far. Yeah. P.S. Go watch my Olison video. Uh, 28th pick. Kind of cursed. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the rest of the first round, Yoki Haru and Tolvanen and Kostin. Just like blah guys. And what a solid St. Louis did trading ahead because allegedly the Avs loved Klim Costin. And when they had the first pick of the second round, supposedly Costin was the guy they really liked. And they ended up with Connor Timmons, who, you know, a lot of injury issues, but got them Darcy Kemper, who won them Stanley Cup. So it feels like a pretty good pick, right? Dude, uh, Connor Timmons will for ever forever be like one of the guys that 20 years from now i will argue with people no matter what happens on connor timmons career he's someone that i will always argue i i really thought was going to be a great nhl defenseman and still might be if he can just get any any bit of injury luck like yeah he's going to be an everyday guy in arizona and then his ankle exploded yeah I mean, dude, he he had flashes when he was in Colorado where it was like, is this a top pairing type guy? Like, you watched the last 10 games of last season, the 56 game season. Yeah. And you're watching Connor Timmons finally get comfortable and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And like, we go back into that Vegas series where the abs fell apart. And you're watching like rookie ass Connor Timmons, be their best defenseman, <laughs> dragging around Patrick Nemeth and shit, <laughs> and is like, like if you go into statistically, you look at it, he treads water, like he's right around the break even mark in the fancy stats. While Ryan Graves and Patrick Nemeth Get are getting buried. absolutely crushed, yeah. and Connor Timmons is you're like, could you use better from Connor Timmons? Totally, but wow. I was actually thinking about it before we started the show. One of the what ifs that will go down in my mind is what if the Avs just sign Grubauer, they keep Timmins, the Josh Manson thing probably doesn't happen at the deadline. 
Timmons is probably in that role. And they're looking at a defense with Connor Timmons and Bowen Byram and all the other, you know, and so, Sam Gerrard and Devon Taves and Kale McCarr and Eric Johnson. Like, you're looking at, like, they've got a, a legit, like, three down the left, three down the right. And it's just like, oh, that could have been such a fun defense to watch. <laughs> yeah. And is it like as excited as I am about Josh Manson's time in Colorado and as great a fit yeah. as he was, you do look at that and you're like, take out Jack Johnson from the lineup, put in Connor Timmons. <sighs> well, dude, so again, this was the first year that we did the, the real big robust draft show. So I remember Timmons was a guy that we had talked about as a later round guy, someone that yeah. we like. And they I thought the for sure that guy was going top 20. Yeah. Let's... I mean, we all, yeah. I, I think when we mocked it out, cause you, me and Dre, I think did two or three mock drafts, like over the, and I think he was yeah. a first rounder every time. We had a couple of different draft guys come onto the show and they all thought yep. he were first rounders too. Yep. And, and I just remember you and I like, and we've told this story on multiple pods before, but that training camp, you and I just kept laughing. You're like, oh, what if Timmons sticks? And with every round of cuts, <laughs> yeah. Timmons just stayed longer and longer. And every preseason game, he got more minutes and more minutes. And it went from a joke. So we were like, holy shit, this second round kid just might stick on this defense. <laughs> and I think he ended up being the last cut. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, they, they outwardly said, like, we were looking for every reason to keep him around. Um, and, and then obviously just all the injury stuff starts happening. I, and I appreciate all the Timmons love. We do have to grade this draft class and get through the rest of the abs picks, which yep. nothing came of the rest of this draft for the abs. I, I also did want to say this about the top as we're starting to talk about grades and stuff. Cause I just remembered this, this being the first draft class, especially compared to the two previous years where leading right up to draft day, really one through four was pretty kind of up for grabs like people didn't really know there was some light well, I, chatter that does new jersey take kale mccarr because he was rising late and so fast yeah. uh, does he stay at four nolan patrick was kind of the consensus number one up until wjc's that year um you know do, do they just stick with the guy who's been there the whole time uh, and there was just a lot of i, I remember it was disappointing for abs fans with them falling to four, but I actually remember us having the conversation like, look, they're probably in the best spot here because you just yeah. take of these four guys, whoever's left. And, and I remember one of the draft, I don't remember who it was. One of the draft guys that I believe we had on the show right after said the abs took the best player in the draft. Kale McCarr will be the best player from this draft. And all they they didn't have to make the decision. He was just there for him. Um, and and I I play that out sometimes too. Like, what if New Jersey had just you know put put it on the table and like we're taking Kale McCarr one overall? How genius they would end up looking, and just how different the NHL looks. But um, yeah, I just remember the top of that draft being so fascinating leading up to it because there was any number of things that could have happened that Megan, that class uh, so far just has not produced a ton beyond yeah. the first really the first two rounds because the second round produced a lot of pretty good players it's also important to note this is 2017 we're going into the 2022 season this is when this class should really make its big move th this year should be the the big move right yeah. here for the, yeah mm -hmm. megan yep. any thoughts on the abs guys or the rest of the draft 
Um, this one I gave a B minus. Okay. That's pretty solid. And I felt like the second and third round produced enough, at least middle six, bottom six NHL caliber players with second, third period. Do this quickly. Well, and to that point, Megan, like kind of combining the last points, you're right. They've produced enough to be good. And you hope, you know, if you're someone who's got stake in any of these players that you still have a year or two where they are going to be taking steps, but I, I'm with you. They, they, there's been enough players solidified from this group that some feel good about it. Some keys from the second round, Jason Robertson uh, to share Alex Formanton ish, Mario Ferraro, Max Comtois. Outside of Robertson, there's nothing super duper high end there, but there's a lot of everyday NHLers. Yeah. And on the, in, in net, you've obviously, you have Ottinger kind of as leading the way there. Um, and this is going to be really early for these guys still, but you also have Jeremy Swayman and Stuart Skinner as full-time NHL guys in the next year. So, yep. I think, I think I'm giving it as a B, like I'm, I think it's a solid, like, couple of franchise guys in Haskinen. And, uh, I mean, Makar is, like, that super special. Like, like Matthews, like McDavid, like, that guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's going to have a shitload of hardware. That guy represents everything that the draft is supposed to be about in terms of changing the fortune of a franchise and flipping everything on its head and creating a brighter future for you. That's what that is. what that is, And uh, Haskinen, I think, has... Uh, I, the kind of potential to be one of the very, very best defensemen of a great generation of defensemen. Yep. I, I think it's around a B as well. Um, you know, there's some serious mistakes that got made in the first round, obviously, but looking at the class as a whole, it's pretty solid. Uh, we are brought to you by Avaca TV. You can go to avaca.tv today. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV Slash Colorado 10 to get $10 off for the first three months. TV for just 15 bucks a month. It's got Altitude. It's got AT&T Sportsnet. It's got the national channels. It's got NFL Network. It's got movie channels. It's got show channels. It's got over 60 total. So it's got you totally covered for any TV you might need. If you live here in Colorado, you can go check it out today. Again, 15 bucks a month for the first three months and just 25 bucks a month after that at avaca.tv. We're also... Brought to you by Athletic Greens, which I think, Megan, did you just pick yours up the other day? Oh, she's got it right. Yes, she's I drinking did. it right I'm now. Damn it, I was at the office and I meant to grab mine. <laughs> so there it's you really go. What, what, can you sell it to me? What's, what's the selling point? So I've had a couple other greens powders and the flavor is pretty light and a little lemony. Um, so it's not overly earthy, but I've had some that are overly sweet too. And it dissolves really easily in just water. I've had some that are a little clumpy, um, and this is really easy. Um, so it goes down easy, tastes as good, but you could also put it in smoothies. It would probably be masked by the fruits pretty well, too, if you were having trouble with it. Uh, Hannah Hannah puts it in smoothies. Uh, it's just like part of like, you know, when she's adding everything. But there's two things you said there uh, that – we don't talk about enough during the arteries. One is the dis- how well it dissolves. See, I've tried stuff like that. That even if it's not clumpy, it's like gritty. You like feel it on your right. teeth. Not not in my experience at all. Of athletic greens. And then yeah, like you said, people. Whenever you have a, a drink that's green, people always assume it tastes real bad and earthy and all that stuff. But I'm with you. Like honestly, I don't think the taste is overwhelming. 
um, you know, it's, it's, you can get it down real easy. And yeah, if you mix it with yeah anything else, smoothie, something like that, if you don't, if you really don't like that type of natural, I used to kind of earthy taste, you can mix it with something really easy and, and it's, it's good. So, um, yeah, Hannah, Hannah likes a bunch of that stuff. And I usually try them. This is the only one that I've ever been able to like, cool. I'll not only go back for more than that, but like, more of that, like I'll have my own. Cause yeah, all the rest of them, I just, the taste is overwhelming or yeah, the, the powder just doesn't dissolve well. Uh, for real athletic greens is they're, they're, I love right. them. They're great. I'm never doing that ad read ever again. And that's your two's job from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant cause you didn't like what we said. I was like, well, no, I, I like harsh it so way to much end the read. <laughs> I don't have to do it anymore. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you can get 75 high quality vitamins and minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, all with athletic greens. So head over to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche today to take control of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Third period of the DNVR avalanche podcast. As we get into some more recent drafts here, uh, we can get into these. There's enough that's happened that they are established draft classes, but keep in mind, especially with 2018 and 2019, that these are very much a work in progress when we give them a grade. Can I just real, real quick sidebars? Cause as I'm kind of going through uh, Twitter here, there's a tweet that I guess Kale McCarr reached out to Nazem Kadri saying, Hey, you know, if you need anything with the, you know, getting settled into Calgary, let me know. Like I'm here for the summer or whatever. Peter ball put it out. And I just laugh because I saw some stuff yesterday and they were Flames fans. Here's another one. In this fucking in this thread, people are like, oh, Kel McCarr is going back to Calgary once he's a free agent. And I still don't understand what it is. And I feel like it's specifically Canadian cities that everyone just assumes every player wants to go back and play for their hometown team. Like, I don't know, maybe Kel McCarr does want to play for the Calgary Flames, but I just find it so funny. John Tavares did it, and now everyone's like, Everyone's going to return home wherever you're born. That's where you finish playing. And it's like, I just find it really funny. I mean, Tangent over. Canadians need to dream about something. So, I mean, <laughs> Minnesotans are the worst offender. This too. Yep. Yep. Like, yeah. They're the, they're the ones who are like, oh, it's good. Minnesota boys coming home. The only like, reason they, like they take it personally that Eric Johnson's like, no. The only reason anyone would move back to somewhere that cold is because of like family ties. So, well, like they, they like couldn't cope a reason for why Ben Myers didn't sign right. with the wild. Like, bah, 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 bah. he grew up here and he played high school here and college here and he's lived his whole life here. Why wouldn't he just want to stay here? It's like, I don't know, get out and live in a different part of the country, live, see more of the, like, I don't know. There's a million reasons why. Is that like. Is, is that a valid thing? Like, if people were like, yeah, but you went to high school here, I'd be like, yeah, I hated high school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, AJ went to high school in Texas. Clearly, he wants to go back. Yeah. Napa. Work covering the stars. It's just, again, I, I, John Tavares did it. And, like, there's a couple other examples of, like, guys at the way end of their career. I mean, Parise and Suter was the big one. Yeah. <laughs> When they both went back to Minnesota at the same time Not and cited like, oh, I'm going back home is like a big thing for them. Then it was like, it was on. Yeah. Back. Like even, even Johnny Gaudreau, like he's like, I want to be close to home. <laughs> oh, he wanted to, he wanted to go back to Philly, but Philly had fucked up their situation <laughs> so badly. They couldn't make it happen for him. <laughs> uh, uh, and that is the other thing too, that, you know, I've just seen some people talk about if, 
even if Kale wanted to go back to Calgary, <laughs> I don't know if they have the money anymore. Yeah. Like they've, they've tied yeah. up a lot of money long term. <laughs> Getting back to the 2018 draft yeah. really quick. Sorry. I want to I want to get Megan's thoughts on pick number one, Rasmus Dahlin. Is he legit? Is it is he for real a top end defenseman in this league? I think it's it's really hard to say because of the opportunity that he has to prove that right now. Um, like I'd, I imagine in a different system, he might have thrived even more. I I don't know if he's presently a top pair defenseman. I don't know if he can reach that, but I, I think he'll be competitive. He'll probably be somewhere in the, the top four. Okay. And I, I feel like that sets the stage for a significant portion of this draft class so far. Not that you don't have very good players, but you're looking at this first round and you're looking at a, for a truly elite talent, I guess you have Quinn Hughes is probably the closest to it, uh, you know, depending on how you feel about Brady Kachuk. Excuse. He's got good numbers, man. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and ignore this Andre Svechnikov slander. Look, Svechnikov <laughs> is good. Would you put Svechnikov yeah. in the elite category, though? Uh, he gets a little better every year. But is he elite? So now okay, with him, the question got it with okay. him with I him getting the thirty goals this last <laughs> season, it's finally happening. He has not been elite to this point, though. No, and it has been a disappointment that he has not really taken that last step from that very good NHL player to the shift by shift. This guy is physically dominant because he should be. Uh, he's got the body for it. He's got the mentality for it. Everything is there for there's just something that has not quite clicked a hundred percent for him yet. And that, that has to happen. And I, to be honest with you, if it doesn't, he's going to be a bit of a disappointment and that's going to be what holds Carolina back from reaching that, that Stanley cup potential. He has to break that barrier for the, for the hurricanes to be legit. And now to be fair, Four years into Nathan McKinnon's career, you could have said the same thing. Four years into Nathan McKinnon's career, we had people that were trying to tell me he was a fucking bust and all kinds of shit, dude. It was... <laughs> dude, I had a... It I, was I, intense four years into that guy's career. I try my absolute hardest to not... I, I, I should just delete my like the Facebook app. I <laughs> it's, it's such a terrible platform. It's such a terrible app, and I barely use it. But a few months ago... Uh, I got on and it gave me like a little memory. I put, I posted something about the apps. It was completely, you know, innocent, whatever. And someone in the comments, like uh, someone that I know, one of my buddies, I replied, uh, Nathan McKinnon for PK Subban, one for one, who says no. Yeah. And I was just like, at the time, I remember that being like a horrible, like, why would you, like, that's... I the abs would say no immediately and just the way that is aged and yeah four years or whatever five years it's like my goodness my goodness yeah so we can talk more about the first round I just want to knock the later rounds quickly out of the way because for the most part it's probably too early to really consider the later rounds even like second round you really have Romanov as a as a cornerstone piece kind of Ryan McLeod but it falls off pretty quickly getting into the later rounds. There's a few guys that have established themselves as NFLers, Kurashev, Sharon Govich. Uh, but 
it's pretty it's pretty empty there because it's a bit too early. Yeah, and Kershev, uh, Kershev, I think is just a because it's Chicago, sure, kind of thing. Whereas uh, Sharon Govich, I think, has actually shown himself to be legit. Broke up this <laughs> also, year for sure. yeah. we are we we haven't really acknowledged it, but the number of these names that we've talked about, my God, New Jersey crushing it past the first round. Yep. We talked. We talking about Jesper Brat, Sharon Govich, some of these other guys that they've got on this. When you go through, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood is their goaltender. Like first round pick, they've done they've done well for the for a franchise that keeps winning lottos. <laughs> they've actually done well for themselves beyond that. Um, and you just wonder, like, where's the big breakout? When's Why it aren't they good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Why was AJ Greer a regular? Why AJ Greer and Mason Geertsen were regulars for them last year? Did I talk about it on the pod that Mason Geertsen was at yeah. the like Lacroix hockey camp? Yeah. Yes. Yep. I'm so weird. Um. So I'm uh, sorry. Uh, are we going back to the first round? Or are you still going through yeah. some of the? Yeah. No. First round. You know. Obviously, it's littered with big question marks. Uh, Denisenko, the Avs own Martin Kaut. You go a little bit deeper, you end up with Jay O'Brien's and Dominic Box, and it's uh, that's the most great. Remember, I remember sitting in Dallas, and I wanted I wanted the Avs to take Joe Valeno at, at sixteen. Um, Me too. Just because so he was I. he was someone that was like center, and, and he you know he had exceptional status, and he had some weird injury stuff. Uh in his draft year. And I remember thinking like, Oh, this was it injuries. Was there a reason he like didn't play or something? Um, I don't remember anymore. Had, I just rem- think some- he had like a wrist injury at the end of the year. If I remember I just, right. All I remember from his draft year was that he couldn't score goals. And so yeah. it was like, what's going on here with this guy that can do seemingly all these other things, yep. but he can't shoot. <laughs> It was well, a and, really like weird. He was a really weird evaluation. Well, and, and I just remember thinking like, and, and that was honestly the thought process is like, people are having a hard time getting a read on this guy, but he does so many things so well. Take him at 16 and how, ha- you know, plan for him to be a center, or, you know, play up the middle for you down your lineup, whatever, whatever. And, and he hasn't really, he played 66 games for the Red Wings last year 15 points i mean he hasn't really turned out either but um i just remember there being a few of those guys and and even a guy like martin Cout had all the question marks because of the heart trouble uh in in his draft year i just remember there being guys here in the back half of this um you know that that had some really weird question marks you know ryan merkley's another one that was on a lot of teams uh dnd list do not draft not because of his play on the ice, but because of reports that had come out of some of the junior teams that he had played with teammates that he had played with his interviews, stuff like that. That is the only guy that I have ever talked to certain scouts around the NHL and they wouldn't talk about it. Oh, really? I would try and have a conversation and they would just be like, we're not going to get into it. He's on our D and D list. And that's all I'll say. And it was like, what happened with this <laughs> yeah. dude? Like this goes, it went way beyond like he could just be a jerk. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, dude, he had, uh, he, he was a, a top 10 talent 
at least top yeah. 10. And uh, no one thought he would go in the first round because of the way that teams talked about him and his interviews and all that stuff. And uh, that I remember being a pretty off the board pick at, at 21. Um, and, and we were all surprised because it was, where's he going to go with such a huge part of that? Like who's going to take the chance on him? Where's he going to, cause we were expecting like maybe late first, um, one of the teams that had multiple first rounders or, yeah. uh, you know, teams, teams that were willing to take big character chances, you know, like a, like a St. Louis, or in Anaheim, which is just like, oh, a talented defenseman fell to us. We must draft him. Right. Um, okay. I even remember there being talk of him falling out of the first round altogether. Is this going to yeah. be a, a day two guy because of the way that that, that it went? Um, and, and I do just remember there being uh, quite a bit of, not controversy, but just a lot of stuff up in the air. And then also... We thought the Avs were making a trade at 16 because the the clock ran yeah, out. And they, they just never to... came up to the table. <laughs> yeah. And I asked Joe Sackick after. Uh, yeah. It was like me, AJ, and like one other guy. And I was like, so what happened? Were you guys like working on something? Was there something? He's like, oh, no. They told us it was a commercial break, but it wasn't. And so yeah. we just sat there and then. Everyone told us we were supposed to be up there. Yeah, he was like, we, there was a video that was supposed to be oh, playing. That's right, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. so we were waiting for the video. And we had, because <laughs> like you and I were sitting there watching the table. They're not making phone calls. They're yeah. not talking to each other. They've made their decision. Like whatever was going to happen, they were good. They were just sitting there. Yeah, but they were so, they were like, they weren't, like they didn't look like they were about to get up. That yeah. was like, all, they were just chilling. Clues added up. You're like, they seem pretty settled into those seats. Like they're not going to go up there, but they haven't been on the phone and they're not really talking with each other. Like, I don't know what's happening. It was Well, and they were like looking around and then like randomly one of the NHL people walks over and is like, <laughs> so Clock what's up? Minutes right. ago. <laughs> let's, let's bring it back in. Let's get some grades for 2018 draft class so far. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give this one a B plus entirely because the defense of it is, is off to a really good start. A lot of a lot of quality defenders have come out of that. Uh, obviously, Darlene at the top, but Quinn Hughes uh, has shown himself to be a star. Adam Bulkvist is pretty good. Bouchard and Dobson are solid. Ty Smith, Ryan Merkley, Keandre Miller. All these guys are like legit players. Rasmus Sandin in, in Toronto. Uh, it hasn't gone well for Philip Johansson in Minnesota. That was like the weird thing is like the second that pick was made, it was a bust. Yeah. Like the second it got made, things went downhill. Uh, Sean Dursey, Caleb Addison are guys that are going to be fighting. Uh, Dursey's got a role in LA. Addison's trying to find one on that stack defense uh, in Minnesota. Perunovic will get a shot in St. Louis. Uh, Romanov's going to get a, a, the world with the Islanders next to Dobson. Uh, Fahervery is 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 good in Washington. Like uh, a lot of a lot of dudes uh, from the defense, and so that's what's really carrying this class for me. Is that already these defense this defensive class is good, and there were like 400 goalies taken that year. Uh, 
we'll we'll see if any of them turn out. Lucas Dostal has a chance to be an absolute star in Anaheim if John Gibson would ever get out of the way. And obviously, Eustace Anadin, we'll see. But uh, that's that. There were so many of them taken that year that it's like, what's happening here? So <laughs> I. Uh, AJ leaving absolutely zero tidbits of this draft for anyone else. Solid B for me. It was a B plus earlier. Oh, was it? A solid, sorry, B plus. <laughs> I'm just going to coattail that. I'm just going <laughs> to add a tally for me. Co-signed by just Jesse. Yep. Yeah. Megan, anything else? I'm giving it a B, and I want everyone to watch the goalie goal that Lucas Dust still scored last year. Uh, yes. Against the Eagles, correct? It was. That's how I yeah. saw it in person. <laughs> oh, oh so, you it was really cool. in the building. I was in the things. building, and Hunter yeah. Miska, after the game, the Eagles lost badly. He was down there kind of grinning like, did you guys see that? <laughs> but the Eagles lost, so he had to be kind of coy about it, but it was still cool. Damn, I'm jealous. That's a that's a bucket list item that I have zero control over. It's like a hole-in-one <laughs> golf, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good for right. you. Good for Last you. Last one. My camera's going to die before the end of the show again. Uh, the 2019 NHL draft. It's still very, very early, but I would say it does feel pretty established, obviously, at the top with a guy like Jack Hughes, uh, Bowen Byron for the Avs, even Kirby Doc and, and Kako, who have struggled to really break out, are still NHL players. Uh, and you even get into the depth. Kaliev is playing in the NHL. Nils Hoglander, an everyday guy in Vancouver. For it being just three years out, it's solid. Uh, yeah, I've got this as an A minus so far because you have a franchise center in Jack Hughes, you have a franchise defenseman in Bowen Byram and Mo and Mo Sider, uh, and then you have a franchise goaltender in Spencer Knight. Then you also have really, really, really exciting young players uh, throughout. Really, throughout this first round, of you know, we're we're going to be biased towards Newhook, but. You've also got, uh, you know, Peyton Krebs is still trending in the right direction. Tomasino and McMichael are guys that are going to get bigger looks in their teams next year. Uh, Trevor Zegras is a stud. Matthew Boldy, I was absolutely fucking right about. Um, He's another one I wanted for the ass. Like, like Dylan, Dylan Cousins looks like he might be a pretty solid player for the Sabres. Um, you mentioned Pod Colson. Cole Caulfield is an absolute... He's he's going to be such a problem in Montreal now that they have an actual head coach. <laughs> uh, and I think there are guys that haven't even gotten a chance yet that I think are going to be great, like Billy Hainala and Cam York. Um, uh, Peltier in, in Calgary had such a dominant AHL season. He's like one of the young players to watch. Um, so I'm... I'm I'm all about the 2019 draft class. I think even just that first round has produced some really, some really, really good players. But I also think that there's a, there's a good, good, good chance that you end up with a couple more down the road. Uh, I, I am really excited about several of those goaltenders as well. So I think that that's a, I mean, Dustin Wolf, it looks like a star in the making. Um, we saw, uh, the, the one guy whose name I can never pronounce got playoff games in Carolina this year. Mm. So, um, you know, it obviously didn't go great, but he's he's trending in the right direction to even be getting that kind of look um, and after a great AHL season. So for me, I love the 2019 draft. I loved it that year. 
I love it now too. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I think you can kind of use you just look at some of the games played for these players in the 2019 draft, which again, I, I think this is really kind of the first year that you can start analyzing this draft. Um, you know, we're a couple of years removed now. Several of these guys have played in the league, triple digit games, stuff like that. And earlier um, and just not enough of the first round has graduated to really make right. assessments. But, but for me, like, like I, I just look at it and, and even though I, I fully agree, I think that's true where this draft class is at in terms of how much they've already had players logging games and, and production in the NHL, you sit there and, and to that exact point, Rudo, only more and more of these people are going to start graduating to the NHL full-time roles. We expect Bowen Byram to have a bigger role next year. Um, you know, I mean, they're only going to start getting more and more involved uh, and more integrated as they come into their mid twenties. And given where it's at already, uh, yeah, AJ, I'm, I'm with you. Like you got to feel pretty, pretty good about where this sits three years removed from, from these players being picked. Yeah. The only major surprise so far is that Kirby Doc sucked in Chicago. That didn't make any sense to me. I don't get it. Um, I, I mean, Montreal, Montreal gives them new life. Yeah, they can't screw that up any more than they are. Than, than yeah, <laughs> Chicago already did. And I, I, if anybody remembers any of our draft shows, I love Kirby Doc. So yeah. I, I think he was, he's could be such a stud. He was one that I was really. I, I thought would be would have been an interesting reclamation project for the Avs this year had they been able to work something out. And obviously, yeah. their division, there's a thousand factors. It obviously didn't come here. But he's one that, to your point, AJ, where there's there's enough there to like that you almost have to sit back and go, it has to be something that Chicago was or was not doing because – there, there was just so much to like when he, when he got drafted, the size, the the ability, the shot. I, I mean, everything is just. I, I, I don't think Doc was coming to Colorado after Kale McCarr sent him into orbit. So. I mean, maybe he would have wanted to. He's like, well, at least if I'm playing with him, that can't happen again on national <laughs> television to me. Uh, Practice maybe. maybe, but. I'm giving this one an A. Uh, similar reasons from 2017. I said I had a strong top five. This is like a strong top 20. And it's still also throughout later rounds, second, third. It gets, it's promising. It's a limited body of work. We've only had a glimpse of them, but it's pretty strong overall. It, you don't usually see that many guys already breaking into the NHL from the third, fourth, fifth round. Mm -hmm. So, right. A lot of promise there for sure, but you know, a couple of years till you can really fully grade the later rounds for sure. Yeah, and I tell you that in Arizona, that Matias Michelli looks like an absolute monster. <laughs> yep, like, really? yeah, he is. <laughs> he was such a dominant AHL player. It was fucked up, man. I was like, <laughs> what is this guy? Where did this guy come from? And. Uh, he didn't get very many games uh, with the Coyotes uh, at the end of the year. Like he got a, he got a handful. I don't remember how many, but uh, okay, yeah he he looked good at the end of the year when I was watching them play. 
like every other day, and I don't remember why, but he looked good. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, they might really have something with this guy. They'll they'll blow it with Barrett Hayton, but they'll get Matias Pacelli <laughs> right. Um, yeah. yeah, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Always a blast looking back at, at former drafts. AJ and I are obviously big draft people. Megan, yeah. we're getting her there. <laughs> we already got her on the Eagles train. That's like one step away from being all in on the draft. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's, uh, the, it's the gateway drug to getting into the draft. Because yeah. then you start... You start getting curious about what these guys, where these guys come from, and you start digging up OHL streams. Then the next thing you know, it's draft season. The AV season is over, and you're binging USHL games at three o'clock in you're the morning, on and you're like, "FenceHockey.tv," like, yeah. what happened with my life right now?" Yep, and and then you realize you might just be the good kind of junkie. <laughs> to, to be fair to you guys. There were some really, really, really bad years of Avalanche hockey where if you didn't get hyped on the draft, you were just torturing yourself. Good point. So, like, so you Megan watching just been baseball. torturing yourself for a couple of years. Got it. <laughs> well, I mean, like, now, like again, this year, like, it was so fun to not give a shit about the draft because the team it was. was dope. Like, was I still like the draft. I still, I still think it's great to see prospects, you know, accomplish all that and stuff. And but like, I'd rather watch a good hockey. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, okay. Any, any final thoughts for today before we get out of here? Good. No, no, no. Okay. We're going to take off for this one. We appreciate all y'all hanging out for a fun little Friday show. Uh, the other three people on here will be doing a show this weekend to make up for our Monday show. So I don't know what that'll be about, but I'm sure it'll be a blast. Uh, tune Got in for idea. that. We appreciate all of y'all so very much. And until the next one, we will talk to you later.